He comes right back. He tries the front door. The door is locked. He tries the windows, the other doors, and then he picks up a lawn chair and chucks it directly through a glass door and into the house. Romance. This is how you get a lady. Gentlemen, listen up. Break her door in. Disclaimer, this is not how it's done. Um, (laughs) It's so, it's so aggressive. That's not sexy. 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 I don't know any sexy man. Welcome to That's Not Sexy with AJ. And Alexis. We're going to talk about the movies that we grew up with that gave us some really wild and often pretty unhealthy ideas about romantic relationships and sex. So join us this week as we revisit Body Heat. I would say and then probably tear it to shreds, but no, this movie was too hot for that. We're going to take off all our clothes for it and then put it back on and then do a podcast. Anyway. <laughs> this podcast discusses sex, sexual violence, relationship issues, trauma, explicit and or weird sexual situations, situations that you might find sexy and we really disagree, romantic encounters that make us feel icky, and a number of other things that aren't for everyone. This podcast may probably include words and phrases that you may find offensive. If you feel that any of this may not be for you, we understand. What are we talking about today? I think uh, we're talking about the... 1981 noir thriller, Body Heat. Body Heat. Body Heat. The debut of Kathleen Turner, who went on to have a fantastic career, especially in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, William Hurt, before he was a star. Lawrence Kasdan, who goes on to have a fantastic Academy Award-nominated career. It's early 80s Tennessee Williams film noir, a genre of its own. I just put it into its own category. Yeah. That's where it exists. I love it. That's it. I loved you, this movie. Uh, yeah, let's let's spoil it now. Did you love it? Yeah, no, I I'm gonna say it. right at the top. I there I there are some highly problematic parts to it, but they're yeah. interesting to unpack because they are problematic wrapped in a very good film. Which yes. this is definitely the best quality film that we have covered by far, I think. I agree. And and we'll we'll talk about all this good stuff later, but I, I will say I feel like there are so many twists and turns about who Kathleen slash Maddie is, but there is so much intimacy in this movie beyond the sex scenes. It's being naked together. It's cuddling in bathtubs. It's lounging around and talking with a cigarette. It, I think it's the most intimate movie Literally that we've- so many cigarettes. Was the world- was every Everyone person smoked. in the United States smoking at every moment Everybody of every smoked. day? If, if you look at photos of me, like from being a toddler, you know, just hang around my family, every, my grandparents are smoking, my dad is smoking, my uncle is smoking, my, everybody is smoking and all inside, just windows. The shut. family dog has got a stogie. <laughs> They're playing poker. Oh my God. Everyone just smoked. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. There is no judgment ever of anybody smoking in uh, William Hurt is jogging and smoking a cigarette and there's no judgment. 
Okay, so this was actually, I have a lot to say, but I'll try to keep it as short as possible just because this was a extremely, not like any of the other years were just fine, but this year was just shit as far as I'm concerned. Because it was the year that, well, it was the year that Reagan was inaugurated. Fuck him. So it was also the year that he went so hard at rolling back abortion and contraceptive rights. Basically just uh, a massive hatred towards the idea that women should do anything but make babies and be quiet. I just really don't like him. And he was joined in his crusade um, by two other people that I really, really don't like, uh, Jesse Helms and Orrin Hatch. Um, Uh, My home state, Orrin Hatch. Oh, yeah, not a good dude. Like, neither of these guys are are great. Uh, Just as to anyone who doesn't know who these people are, tiny, tiny, just overview jesse helms opposed civil rights disability rights environmentalism feminism gay rights affirmative action access to abortion and the the religious freedom act as well as the national endowment for the arts because fuck all that stuff (laughs) like he was just like none of that i don't we don't want anyone to have any any good things i don't know um, what world he was living in no he was bizarre world us if you oh, took yeah. every single thing we believe in and, flipped and then it. flipped it in the upside down, that is Jesse Helms. Jesse and he Helms was also just a disgusting So, yeah, so there was Jesse Helms and then Orrin Hatch, um, who uh, – this is a butchering of a quote, but st- from an Associated Press article by Lindsay Whitehurst. So thanks, Lindsay. He famously defended Clarence Thomas in 1981 at his com- confirmation hearing – by reading aloud from The Exorcist to suggest that Anita Hill had lifted details of her sexual harassment allegations from the horror book. What? What? I don't even know what to say. I have no comment. I, I'm just leaving it at that. Okay, so we're basically returning to a pretend idea of the 50s and rolling back everything that we've worked for in the yeah. 60s and sort of the 70s. Which I think is so important to like lay out that in context of this movie. Because there's a lot of that showing up in this movie. So I think that's really interesting. So um, I thought this was interesting. Glamour magazine reported results from a poll that they had conducted that said the women's number one message to Reagan was the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment. Mm-hmm. Equal Rights Amendment is still not ratified. Nope. It was first introduced in 1923, 100 oh. years ago. Wow, it's our 100-year anniversary of trying to get equal rights. 100-year anniversary of the Equal Rights Amendment. It was it gained ground in the 1960s because, of course, it gained them again in the late 1970s with Carter, who set a deadline of ratification in 1979, and then they pushed it to 1982. So that's that's cool. All right. Uh, all right, logline. In the midst of a searing Florida heat wave, a woman convinces her lover, a small-town lawyer, to murder her rich husband. They, I like how they're like, let's, like you do. Nothing to the imagination in this logline. No. <laughs> no, and I, but I do have a little bit of an issue with that because she didn't convince him. She made it seem like it was his idea. She did, because he's not that bright, which we'll come to understand. He's slow on the uptake for a he's lawyer. He's slow on the uptake, but then, yeah. but then he's super smart. Yeah. So like he whoop, he he brings it back around in the end. We'll we'll mm-hmm. get there, but he brings it back around in the end. Stick with us. It's he, uh, I know what it is. I think that information gets stuck in the stash. Yeah. And, oh. and so it's delayed and then absorbed. So I that think that porn the, stash that 
beautiful, flawless, 70s Absolutely Tom fantastic. Selleck. So good. And he loves those short running shorts. He's always my, running and smoking. The first line of my notes is William Hurt stash. <laughs> I w- I'm going to screenshot you mine because my first real line is that William Hurt porn stash, low rent lawyer with dirty clients. <laughs> Can it's we a character. Uh, so interesting stuff about this movie. It was a success. It was a critical success. It was a box office success. Not not a big blockbuster, but a successful you know movie for for grownups. For anybody who is a fan of like your 1940s and 50s noir thrillers, it owes a big debt to Double Indemnity, yeah. which it wears very proudly. Double Indemnity, an incredible movie for any of our listeners that uh, haven't had the pleasure. It's a so good, great movie. I love a hard boiled movie. I love a femme fatale. I love a, a dumb guy that gets sucked in by feminine wiles. And this has all of that. Yeah. Interestingly, who do we always check in with before we settle in? Who is our weather vein? Yeah. Let's go. Roger. Go on, Ebert. I I assume that he's going to love this. Are you predicting yes? I'm predicting he's going to love it. This this is his kind of movie. Four stars. Yes. He loved it. He loves this kind of thing. Uh, now I thought he he gave a quick write up about what noir is about, and I I like this and I want to hear what, if it yeah. speaks to you because I know you like a noir. I love a noir. I love this. Okay, noir is the genre of night, guilt, violence, and illicit passion, and no genre is more seductive. I uh-huh. think that's right. That's real good because right? it's it's concise. It's exactly what it. Yeah, no, it's exactly what it is. I and that's. It's all of my favorite things. I know. I love I'm like, oh, guilt. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Night. Passion. Illicit. Yeah. Murder. Yes. So uh, he had a couple of nice uh, things that, that kind of set the stage for me in terms of like of a prism. He said, women are rarely allowed to be bold and devious in movies. Most directors are men and they see women as goals, prizes, enemies, lovers, and sometimes friends but rarely protagonists. Turner's entrance in Body Heat announces that she is the film's center of power. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that was kind of great. It was great. And also what I thought, I I will say this, I was along for the ride the whole time. Basically, yeah. it's like, um, it's interesting to root for bad people because well, you and I think kind that's, of have to choose one. Yeah, because that's who you have, right? And I, yeah. I also think there's something about a... Um, a noir universe is in general an amoral universe yes. where everybody has an angle. Everybody's trying to get ahead. The good guys are kind of suckers. And it's a world where it's like a, it's a hard scrabble world. And, yeah. and this is getting ahead a little bit, but late in the film when Ted Danson has realized that Ned, who's one of his best friends, is guilty. And he's the, he's the DA. Yeah. Ted Dance is the DA. Yeah. But to he's be fair, talking. He's, he's the DA in Southern Florida. So, yeah. Yeah. In Southern Florida with his iced tea habit and his black in glasses. 80s, his, his dual, his dual iced tea habit. His dual iced tea habit. But even in the scene where he's basically telling William Hurt, look, I know you did it. He's like, look, I know you did it. This guy was a jerk. The world's better off without him. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not sad. I don't care. The only mm-hmm. problem is someone's putting you in a lot of trouble. And yeah. I thought that is so noir. 
That's it. You were a palooka. This guy was a piece of shit. And I kind of enjoy the like non-Pollyanna version of the world that's probably more similar to honestly police work and DA's offices and prosecutors, especially in small Southern towns. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Southern towns. Don't come out for us. Or do I love it. I love a Southern town in yeah. the ways that I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot and sweaty. It's hot and sweaty I, in this movie, Lex. It's hot and sweaty. And the South, in my opinion, is the the one place that I love a hot, humid day because mm -hmm. you are allowed to move slowly. Like it is mm -hmm. expected that you can move slow, talk about the heat. It's the best. I I love it. Drink that sweet tea. Drink that sweet tea. All right. Where do we where do we start? You want to set us in time and space? I do. In the movie? William Hurt enters on with his stash. Ted Danson, he's there with his his thick glasses. Also And that hair. And that hair. A helmet and of dark hair. I was literally like, Ted, is that you? <laughs> it is. Oh, Ted. Um, it's, it's dark and visibly hot, which I think is, they did such a good job of showing that it was humid and hot the whole time. It was oh. amazing. Um, in some of the stuff that I read, they basically just squirted water onto everyone. They spritzed everyone. Every minute. Repeatedly all the time. So everyone was just damp. <laughs> the whole time but it worked it did it it was it right i mean so much pit stains william hurt either has no shirt on and he's sweating or he's got these deep pit stains huge and pit then kathleen turner is just in a white dress cool she's as white, a she's in white throughout cucumber. the whole thing um i wanted every outfit that she was in it was incredible it was awesome she looked fantastic and she she looks like she's the most delicate sweater that there yes. is she yes. she perspires very delicately there she mists she, <laughs> she does she does she just do, she's just dewy kathleen turner was a fox for sure she's she's gorgeous in this movie not like you know that matters but it does in this movie it is very it's, for, it's, it's part and parcel to her being the vamp yeah. So um, one of the things that I noticed right off the bat is that a lot of these movies that we've watched have, as, and, and this one included, has very bad off-putting flirting. Like yes. it's just so terrible, but the dialogue is written so well in this movie that it works and it mm -hmm. isn't offensive as much as it is stylized. And it's I, you're so right. good. It's like it's a so stylized good. patter. And their chemistry from the second they meet on that pier, for me, I was hot and horny immediately. immediately. Yeah. Like, you're like, these two are going to bone for, yeah. I mean, you know they will. It's called body heat. But you know they will, not because you're being told, but yeah. because they are vibing. Totally vibing. Um, I also wanted to mention to anyone who was not around in the 80s, um, this movie is a good illustration of how the 80s, as people envision it, did not begin until around 84. Mm -hmm. um, the 70s lasted until the early, which is the same as the 90s. We're always trying to like encapsulate them into like the the like the first year. It's not. It's off by no. like usually like five years. We yes. need to like start being like 1975. 1985, 1985 yes. to 1995. Those are like the the cultural and fashion blocks that would yeah. more accurately suit. Because this is what I remember fashion looking like when I was little. It was a lot of polyester. There was a lot of bell bottoms. There was like a lot of those 
very straight pencil skirts. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mid-calf, you know? Mid-calf. Mid-calf pencil skirt. A lot of cords. A lot of cords. And the most disastrous thing that we have lost since then is the short short on men. Oh, I love a dolphins. Do you remember dolphins shorts? They're like silk running shorts. Yes. Yes. What? Where'd they go? They're delightful. Now I feel the need to Etsy shop. I think we need to Etsy some dolphins. Get Josh and John. They would both, they have nice legs, these gentlemen. They would look very good 100%. They would both wear them. Yeah, for sure. Oh, God. So anyway, that's the, the, because the fashion actually does play a big part in this. So my, this may be my favorite scene. I feel like it's actually the, like, in my head, the opening scene is not the uh, boardwalk where she- Pine Haven Tavern? It's Pine Haven. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's the it's her regular hangout. It's yes. the most waspy yet hot uh, so bar. Hot. It's so hot and humid in there. It's the just the darkest of woods. <laughs> it's it's just so I love a burnished wood. I love I a burnished, love a burnished wood. Seventies wood. All of the glasses are just sweating so much. You have to use two hands to hold them. It's just amazing. I loved it so much. I wanted to be there immediately. It's so good. Um, And they have the best conversation, um, which I feel like we need to insert here. Um, We have to. Yeah, we have to. But all the men at the bar, William Hurt notices that they're pissed that he's sitting with her and they're all giving them the stink eye. And it's because she's never let anyone sit on the stool next to her before. That's right. And I'm like, good for you, Kathleen. And then he does a thing, which again, because of the witty banter, I don't actually fault him for because it's right. It is, it is witty banter and not whatever, but it's, this is a good first point, which is he basically says, maybe you should drink at home. And she says, no, home is too quiet. And then he says, well, maybe you shouldn't dress that way. And she oh. said, it's a blouse and skirt. I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, well, you shouldn't wear that body. I love and that thing, line. So, well, you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't wear that body. Maybe you shouldn't wear that body. And the thing is, I am not knocking this scene. This scene is great, but. It's a problematic it, thing to tell a woman. Well, it's a that thing she can't that dress how she wants. About. Yes. Yeah. So I think about that a lot. I have thought about it my whole life because I don't want to attract attention. And yet, obviously, I like fashion. I like to look nice. Like, I love, I I feel good about myself most of the time, you know, whatever, most of the time, especially, and I feel good about myself when I dress nice and when I, you know, wear makeup and all this kind of stuff that then, in turn, feels apparently like an invitation to men. But like, I mean, I, when I lived in New York, for example, I would question I would do the version of like the take one thing off where yes. I would like look one at thing outfit on. and I'd be like, do I need another layer? Should yeah. I not wear yeah. this skirt? Should I wear pants instead? Like, am I going out to a bar alone to have a drink, right. which is one of my favorite New York City pastimes is to go yes. out to, you know, take myself out to a mm. drink and dinner. Uh, by Especially myself. like a good dry martini at a nice bar 100%. by yourself. hundred percent. I can tell you exactly Evan. the bar in Midtown West. Oh, so freaking good. But, but you're um, right. The question is, am I going to now be a target for unwanted attention? Yeah. Like what, to what level do I want to feel great? And to what level is that going to bring a drag? But I would say what's interesting to me about that or, and is Kathleen Turner 
knows how she looks in that blouse and a skirt. Yes. She knows that she's wearing her body. Mm-hmm. And she is strategically using men against themselves. Yeah, she's using him. She knows yeah. that she's going to wear that dress so that yeah. she's going to entice him so that he will talk to her and all the rest of her devious plan will unfold from there. Yeah. And it is funny that she's in a pretty chaste white button-down shirt and a pencil skirt. I mean, oh, nowadays yeah. in a remake of this movie, this is not the outfit that... I mean, she looks absolutely sexy and gorgeous, but absolutely not the outfit in a modern-day version of this movie that she would no. be wearing, No, uh, it, which I found it, kind it, of charming. I mean, she's she's never wearing a bra underneath it. It's, no, no, it's very like unbuttoned, four buttons down. It's, yes, it's sexy in a way in which she, if she put on a bra, don't put on a bra, Kathleen. If, right. if she put on a bra and buttoned it free up, the she boobs. Can wear it to the office, free, free the nip. Free the, um, I mean, she's got those little boobies that this is this Sicilian lady over here will never have, which are the little buttercup breasts. With she the upturned little, little nipples. Yeah, she has like what everyone's envisioning of perfect boobs are. Yes, yes. Perfect tea boobs cups. don't exist. They're, no. they're only on, I think that they only exist on Kathleen Turner. From like 1979 to 1989. Yeah. Are, like, the, yeah. You just kind of see the nipples a little she and they're so just high. Uh, she also has a great line in this scene where she says, my temperature runs a couple of degrees hotter, around 100 I don't mind it. So she's right there saying like, listen, I'm going to be DTF, but you're going to have to jump yeah. through some yeah. hoops. And, and you can tell he's Twitter-pated. He is very Twitter-pated. And so and the, it's so it's very interesting because they go back to her house slash her husband and her house, which yes. is gigantic. And I would take it in a second. It is so beautiful. beautiful. Gorgeous. Minus the cocaine den that is her uh bedroom and ensuite bath <laughs> you it don't is... like the black lacquer bathtub holy crap what? also have you ever seen now a black lacquer bathroom that like survived from the 80s no it is so gross it's all black lacquer from that time period is like this gray film on the outside of it. It did not survive well. No. It does not. It does not retain. It's so ugly. I hate it. And also, you can't see what's on there. What if no. there's a spider in that tub? This is Florida. There is there a is spider. A, there's probably there a gator. Def- there is definitely a sp- there's a gator in that tub. There's a gator in my tub. The house is super cool. It's gorgeous. It's awesome. But it also shows how much money. Her husband has. This is when he William Hurt realizes, oh shit, like yeah. this woman is bankrolled. Yeah, um, we know. We kind of figure out she's an unhappy trophy bride to a rich dickhead. Yes, yes, that unfolds okay. relatively fast. She's definitely. This is an inadvisable scene, but again, in the same way that the dialogue in the bar was stylized, it is it is necessary, and the way that it is shot is pretty amazing because pretty great i hesitate no one should do this let's just say this is not an advisable scene at all but this is like a don't do this at home like professionals at home she 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 asks him to leave she says she's Mm -hmm. made a mistake she kisses him on the way out and then she closes and locks the door behind him and yes she also says i'm weak yeah, she said I'm he, weak. He, he doesn't he, he says something like you're stronger than me or something yeah. like that. And, and she's like, I'm weak. And I was like, okay. Uh-oh. Um, 
I had a moment where I was like, she asked him to leave and he does. He goes to his car. This is a good move. <laughs> Just kidding. He comes right back. He comes right back. He tries the front door. The door is locked. He tries the windows, the other doors. And then he picks up a lawn chair and chucks it directly through a glass door and into the house. Romance. This is I how you get that. a lady. Yeah. Gentlemen, <laughs> listen up. Break her door oh, in. Disclaimer, this right? is not how it's done. Um, <laughs> it's so, it's so aggressive. It's so, it's so not okay. It is it, so aggressive. The thing is that I will say that this, it doesn't read as realism. Mm-mm. And so I'm okay with the portrayal of it in this movie because it does not look again like a recommendation. No, no. <laughs> it looks like not at all. And also after that, they proceed to have what if she was not married and I'm I'm not even passing judgment on her cheating, but right. in her situation, if she was not married in the situation situation she's in and also manipulating in the way that she's manipulating, they have a very healthy sex like arc. He, and yeah, I found this to be very sexy. Yeah. I found the sex scenes to be very effective, very hot. But except this one move that keeps coming back. Guy standing behind lady, kind of feeling her up from behind in awkward ways. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's because the camera likes... I, I feel like a director or a camera guy made up this move. Yeah, well, uh, it's definitely... I mean, it highlights what she looks like. It highlights her yeah. body. And so that's right. That's that's yeah. You're getting a camera angle so that the camera can focus on her body. That said, this movie does show more of William Hurt than ever, including a scene which you may have noticed in which she is laying on top of him. She moves, and you can basically see that he is naked underneath her. Like it's not. It's. We're, we're really far from full frontal yeah. here. This is not an equitable situation in any way. Still, men and women need to be treated equally in these scenarios. And this but is he's really got a lot fair. of bare bottoms. He is a very sexy, naked man. And I think he yeah. knows it. So He knows it. Also, yeah. he goes downtown on her. So, like, no, they've got the sweaty chest kisses. Everything. Yeah. But here's what I loved about, this is why I love 1981 and all the movies there. It was the last era where a lady could be portrayed as dead sexy, a femme fatale, white granny panties. I was gonna, I was just going to say, are you going to talk about her panties? Because <laughs> These it are was, full bum bun coverage. Full bun coverage. Full bum, and also it had the the early 80s like ruching along. Yes. The, we hadn't really gotten the smooth line of elastic yet. We hadn't, nope. the technology had not ap- appeared yet. And nope. so there was like our, the leg holes on all our underwear back then were like kind of ruched. And ruched. sometimes it was like stylized. So you'd have like yep. a little like either a flare thing, like a little like poof. Like a ruffle edge. A little ruffle edge. It was, but it was really just because we didn't know how to do it right. Yeah, it was really funny. But the thing is, I kind of love it. Because she's still, what I left about it is like, I feel like people of our generation were kind of the first generation where it's like, not only can you not wear cotton panties, you need to wear thongs, which are the most uncomfortable things. And then not only do you need to wear thongs, we had, we then had, you got to get a Brazilian. Uh, like no. in the 70s and early 80s, you could have full bush and a pair of granny panties and guys or ladies would be like, you are dead hot and I want to get yeah. with you. And I feel like our generation was like, sorry, bacon strip, thongs, 
<laughs> whale's tails or just be bald, shave it yeah. all off and then get the razor burn. I was like, I long, I hope the kids today can have bushes again. I don't know where we're at. Where are we at? I I know I can tell you where I'm at, which is the I don't care at all. I wear boy shorts and shave whatever I feel like that day. And maybe that's nothing. And everything is fine. Because adult men, uh, real men don't care. Nope. Nope. Okay. So let's see. Where are we at? They've had a hot night. And they're clearly so they hooked hot on night. each other. There's, there's a series. The thing is that it, the middle of this movie is a lot of just them going back and forth, having sex. It's very sweaty. Um, yes, so sweaty. Their, their relationship is developing. Um, it's not that nothing is happening. It's just that like that's what's that's what's happening. And we're world building. It's, it's it, we're world building, and it's great. The whole movie. I swear to God, when we're done, I'm going to get an iced tea because Ted Danson. Him and his two two iced tea order is just like the greatest thing in the whole the whole world. I love this. Also, one of the great shots that I would like to call out um, is the shot of when they're having uh, the they're having sex. She's face down in her oh, yeah. satin sheets because satin mm. sheets everybody drink. And he, he asks her, "Are you okay?" And she says, "Yes, don't stop." And I was like, "Oh." Yeah. <gasps> It's consent in a movie. Oh my God. Look at it. Look at it. Right in the center of a sexy movie. He's checking in with her and she's approving what's happening and they carry on. Boom. I'm like, that's, like how it, that's it. That's what we're, that's all we asked for. God. You're like, young men, look at Ned Racine. Yes. Ned is doing it right. They probably had sex 10 times by now. Yeah. And he's and, still like, and, is this okay? And she's like, get her done. It's funny because I agree. Him, I I didn't think about it, but you're right. It's great. It's great, and he actually is like throughout the whole thing, which is kind of what makes it crazy that it all spirals out of control in the end. But he is sort of the voice of reason in the whole thing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't care that she's married, but mostly because it seems as though she does not care that she's married. Yeah, it doesn't feel as though he's like. He, he never feels pressuring. His character does not feel like he's pushing her towards doing anything Mm-mm. that she doesn't want to do, which is pretty awesome, honestly, because yeah. this is the first movie that we've had that reads like that. So, Well, because he's like in no way in control of this relationship. Um, yeah. Oh, but can I give a shout out to this, the diner where our best friends, Ted Danson, Oscar Grace the Cop, and Ned are hanging out. Uh, Oscar gives this great little speech that I absolutely loved, where he says, I think it's a good foreshadowing scene that you get to do in noir. He says, when it gets hot, people want to kill each other. It's that crisis atmosphere. Everything is just a little askew. It's so and I just, good. It's like this idea, almost like in um, Do the Right Thing. It's so hot. Mm-hmm. Everybody's horny. The color red is coming up. And every scene gets more foggy than the scene before it. It's oh like my you're God, in the a foggy scene. <laughs> Is so it's like a character in the movie. It is it's wild. It's it's comical. That's the thing. That's one of the great things about noir movies is that there is an underlying sort of like tongue in cheek. We know this is over the top. It's a little bit funny, but it's because it's fun. Funny, like it's yeah. fun to push the fog into completely unrealistic zones. Oh yeah, like that that's funny. It's funny to have you know their their clothing be 
you know, so stereotypical. It's it's funny to have their their language be so stereotypical. It's funny to have like the the waitress at the diner be exactly what you would think she would be. Yes. Like just what you hope. So good. Ugh. Um, I also loved it after they have the don't stop. Yes. The, the image of the two of them all entwined in that horrible black bathtub, but <laughs> pouring ice cubes in. And then just luxuriating and you can just see the sweat dripping off yep. their skin and that ice cooling them down. And I'm like, these are, this is a yes. hot. She says, is there any more ice? I'm burning up. <laughs> Ooh, I'm burning oh, up. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I like the fact that you can tell when he kind of loses his way because he comes over on a day that he was not supposed to come over when she has her... Um, is that her, that's her niece? The little oh, girl? Oh, when Heather is there? Yeah, Heather. Yes, her, her niece by marriage. Her niece by marriage, correct. Okay. Who she um, hates, so, by the way. I love it when Richard Crenna is that. like, Heather's going to stay with you. And she's just like, hello, Heather. It's like, hello, she Newman. not interested in Heather. I mean, she's, the thing is that it's. He hates this kid. It's a good display of how shitty her husband is to her and what he thinks of her because he just shows up with a child and is like she'll be staying with you for the next four days bye and like (laughs) she has to say okay no problem not a big deal because like heather's right there what are you gonna say say? so that was a flex he was flexing i think he was worried she was boning i think so too i think that he had already started to wonder yeah. Um, if she was cheating. And then he just was on sort of like a survey of like how to find out and who is it. Probably, and this is my theory, is because she probably became content uh, for oh. a period of time. Yeah, yeah. And which is it? Is it because she knows that she's going to kill him? Or, is, yes. it because, or is it because she's getting fucked? Maybe, probably both. Maybe both. I, think I mean, both. good sex and knowing you've got an exit strategy that's going to win you a lot of money is a, yeah. a pretty good, yeah, you know, for a certain type of person. She has one foot in Bora Bora already, so. <laughs> um, that's the name of this podcast, One Foot in Bora Bora. One Foot in Bora Bora is the title of this. Um, so I should mention that, like, when Heather is there, yeah. uh, she walks downstairs when they are, when she's going down on on William Hurt on the patio yep. his little booties his little <laughs> his naked butt. booties out yeah. there and he turns around and faces her and she's like ah! and runs away and which I'm so sorry Heather I'm so sorry for your trauma I think later um, his penis is described as Ted Danson says she'd never seen one of those things angry like that before yeah she, he says, or, uh, what, or did, what did he look like? And he goes, he goes seven to eight inches and bald. <laughs> oh, God, it's so bad. I hate it. It's and his hair was slicked back like a Greek. Oh, yes, his hair was slicked back by a Greek, which was funny. That was actually probably a saving grace that he had come yes. from running and or swimming because there's, yeah. a, there's a possibility he came from the beach end of the property. Yeah, his hair is all. Yeah. Okay, so we I like it how at this point they're like, you don't know what buoys they're setting out to see that will come back, but yes. but things are getting so we meet Heather. We also meet a mysterious blonde lady mm-hmm. who looks a lot like Maddie. Yep. And yes. who uh she says to Ned, she's like a sister to me. She wants me to be happy. Yes. Uh, I think her name's Mary, Mary Jane or Mary Lynn. 
Yeah, Mary, Mary, something, Mary, Marianne, Mary Lynn, Mary Jane. Merrily we roll, roll along. And then mysteriously, she's off to Europe, but we've met her for a minute. So you're like, hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's clear that she's someone of Im- importance uh, in the storyline, but she's so, it's, it happens so quickly that you're like, is she the one who blows their cover or what happens with her? Because that's what you kind of think. You're like, well, maybe she, she looks like a devious woman that might retaliate yeah. with some knowledge. Like she comes yes. across as that. So maybe that's it. But yeah. So we, we meet her, but then we also meet her husband. They, yes. the three of them accidentally have dinner together in the most uncomfortable, most awkward possible way. It is so cringe. I think that that may Did you been... like, but did your butt cheeks ever relax that entire scene? No. I was I... like, Rrr. that was also the scene that Kathleen Turner had dress up hair. Oh, she it was like a chignon with a very interesting yes. swoop kind she of a situation a that was very specific to. I associate that with the late 1970s, but Me too. that's um, not even 80s because she wasn't puffy no. and permy at all. No, it was very it was very smoothed. Um, and in that humidity, I don't even know Ugh. how she did it. Um, but it's interesting because the hairstyle is there for a reason. Mm-hmm. It is a. It is foreshadowing. We see it later, don't we? We do see it later. It comes back. So that was an interesting thing. And so the other thing that was interesting about that is the misogyny that her husband puts on her all throughout dinner is so, he lays it on so thick. And he's awful. She's a, uh, an object, right? An She's object an, a commodity. Art. She's one of the a things commodity. that he was successful enough to achieve. Like this is yeah. this is a, a marker in his life, just like his money, just like his house, just like his car, the whole nine. It's she is just another thing that he has to show, look at how successful and great I am. And it's that so he owns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he owns and and I think that that's interesting because it allows us to get more on her side like it, yeah. it allows us to be like yeah that guy should die <laughs> like, well, you know he, also, he also has that line in the scene where he says to ned racine to william hurt if i thought she was cheating i would kill the guy with my bare hands yes, yes. and it's great because as an audience member you're like okay well then he would murder william hurt mm-hmm. so if william hurt and kathleen turner maddie are going to kill him i'm sort of um neutral about it Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is the game that is afoot here. It's like when I watch mafia movies and like a mafia guy is going to kill another mafia guy. I'm like, yeah, they're all well, in the mafia. It's just business. It's just business. It's the rules. And like, you are, you're also sort of the way that their conversation goes, you are kind of led into this concept that that he is part of some sort of organized crime Yes. It's not necessarily laid out that he's mafia or something like that, but it's mm-hmm. it's laid out that he is absolutely not above board in any of the stuff that he's doing. He's no. he basically says he works in construction. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the equivalent. Um, I'm Sicilian. So like, I, I know what that means. Yeah. And so you're like construction. Okay, I do construction. I'm in cement. Um, I'm in cement. So it's 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 all of these things that are sort of layered on to make you hate him. It, he is then expendable, basically, because he's mm-hmm. he's so unnecessary. He's only hindering this woman's life. Yep. And uh, it's just unfortunate that the person that ends up taking him out isn't Kathleen, not Maddie. It's it's William Hurt's character. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a bummer because that's not how this should have gone. 
She no. should have no. taken out her own dirty laundry. Yeah, take out your own trash, ladies. Yeah. Am I right? No. If there's one message to this entire podcast. If no. we are empowered women, we kill our own husbands. Don't kill in our husband. family, we kill, kill our own husbands. In our um, Scratch that. Scratch that. We didn't. No, we don't. We do not condone. Like not kill anyone. Um, uh, this is also where we get that great line from William Hurt in the next scene. She tells, he tells Kathleen Turner, we're going to kill him. We both know that. That man is going to die for no reason, but we want him to. Mm-hmm. Boom. And they're both amoral about it. They're like, we don't like him. We want the money and we want to be together. So that's it. Yeah. The the scene with when uh, she comes to his office and oh, they're, yeah. they're, they're in the office, that the way that scene is, is shot is like yeah. the most noir scene. Like yes. it could not be, if he was a private detective, it couldn't be more noir. Yes. Because it's like all those... It's all like the scenes when the detective's at the office and the girl walks in with the gams and the the yeah. seams up the back of the stockings, right? It's yep. like reminiscent of that. It's so good. It's so good. I loved it so much. So Kathleen immediately right after that starts to become a greedy bitch though. <laughs> greedy bitch. She's a greedy bitch. This is where she, she starts showing her true colors where she is like, we need to rewrite the will. Um, it should all go to us. You know, we, why should we split 50, 50, uh, you know, with his sister? Like that's, that's absurd. Um, and he says, no, I am a lawyer. I can tell you right now, that's how you get caught. And I'm like, no, Kathleen, no. <laughs> this is- he, he's like trying to be smart. And he's like, don't let this greed take you down, my darling. And she's like, yes. but you knew you're in trouble when she goes, all right. Whatever yeah, you like say. admits to it, you're like, oh, well, that's not going to work out. And then pre nine and a half weeks, Mickey Rourke enters the scene. Lip syncing to like an Americana rock song? Why it's, was he yeah. lip syncing? I don't Why I don't choice? I, <laughs> why, why? Why choice? Uh, why choice? Yeah. Was he in, not in his, great in this scene? He was great. He's also funny enough, yet another uh, voice of reason. Yeah. As he, he's an ex-con who makes bombs who, sure. who shows who shows nate how to build a bomb and as one does as this as one does and then he, he's like don't do it he's like i'm gonna yeah. show you how to make this uh but don't do it you're gonna get caught i i really liked him because he was like again the movie doesn't really judge you if you're a da or an arsonist i feel like everybody <laughs> is not judged the movie's like we live in a crooked world it's but a like very aggressive view of what's yeah. happening. It's it's interesting because it is the whole movie does feel like you are flying on the wall to something that is happening and the 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 ball is rolling. It is going to continue rolling. It has picked yeah. up such momentum at this point that there's no yeah. stopping it. And you're just like, well, now we're just we're just in it. Basically, they plot what should have been a very a perfect good crime. Plot. A it smartly plotted crime. Yes. This was this I think was very smart but but of course like kathleen doesn't know that her husband has a gun in the house so that throws a wrench into the whole thing william hurt bludgeons him to death with um with a piece of wood which is actually i don't totally understand where the the piece of wood came from um because it's like a it's it's weird from the but I guess boat he, house yeah i guess from the boathouse he must have brought it in with him as like uh I, I, it, it, How is he going to bludgeon him? 
I that I don't know. That's the thing that okay. kind of got lost in the scene for me was I'm not sure what his his plan was because the plan goes awry. So yeah. like, I'm not totally sure. I guess he was going to bludgeon. Good idea. Use something that is a a piece of wood because that's, true because you know, supposedly the rafter is going to fall on him from the yes. So okay. his his idea is then he takes he takes the body, puts it in the guy's trunk, drives that to a property that he owns that's burnt that that's you know under construction or whatever like it's it's a shell of a building yeah and then he puts his body in there drops a rafter on him and then blows up the building the um, breakers there's a great so, name the for a florida beachside shithole so good the so breakers. my uh true crime brain was like i there's so many forensic issues like his his fingerprints are just everywhere on this he leaves the plastic sheeting with the blood on it like at the crime scene we should all why know, would that be there what why would that be there why would there be all that blood on it and also like we should all know by now that not just because you have a fire it does not destroy all the evidence that is not no it destroys some evidence but it does not destroy all evidence so this is just an asking for it situation the arson is I wonder the best what part. dna was like like we weren't however a lot of forward-thinking cops did collect things like oh. blood and semen and things like that with the idea that that should that will probably be able to be used in the future with some foresight my favorite part of the whole arson scene and i i don't know who made this choice i want to bless them from 40 years in the future william hurt is outside in a scene that must have taken the entire film's budget in dry ice because there is so much fog so much and fog. He looks up in this shitty 1970s looking part of Florida that is the most depressing. A person in full clown regalia is driving a red top-down convertible car in beetle. the middle of the beetle in the middle of the beetle. night. What? It's, it is wild. It is such a weird David Lynchian moment yes. where you're like, what the fuck just happened? It's like he sees it and it's like the voice of the harbingers of the apocalypse. It's a harbinger. Yes. He was like, oh, like that's that can't be a good sign. <laughs> Nobody's ever looked at a clown go like going by in the dark in a red uh, beetle convertible and been like, nope. you know what? Today's gonna be a good day. This is gonna be a great day. It's gonna be a great day. I just <laughs> killed a guy. I've got a great dame by my side. Oh my god. Everything's coming up Millhouse. So they they decide they decide that they are going to not see each other for a while and then um, that all goes to shit immediately. Um, she bad does move it, number one. Bad move number one, but she does it on purpose, knowing that she just invalidated the will, therefore making the will null and void, which means in Florida, all the money goes to her by default. So she did a manipulative, weird move, which then is the first, I think, real tell for our friend Will that that she's not on the up and up. She's not with him in this, that she is operating yes. on her own timeline. Now, I know that she tries to make it up to him. He's mad, but he he's can't stay mad because her pussy is so good and he killed a man with her and I think he's still hoping. But one of my favorite things happens and I wanted to chat with you about this. There are several scenes where they are fully naked, Maddie and uh, Ned. They're laying on each other. They're not boning, they're chatting, but yes. they're completely naked. In this amount of sweat, 
and humidity and heat. Can you imagine how it sounds when she tries to peel herself? Oh, it's a straight, there's a Velcro-y, absolutely sound. And as someone that lived in New York City for a decade with no air conditioning, that's mm-hmm. not a great feeling, nor is it a great sound. And mm-hmm. and after a certain point, it's no longer a peel as much as it is just a slide. Just a, oh, I see that. Eventually it just becomes a wet slide off. Yeah, yeah. Like there's there's high humidity, which is sticky. And then there's just like full on humidity, 100 degrees out, you're sweating constantly and that's just a slip and slide. And it's not, I don't miss it. Oh my God, it's so bad. Yeah, I actually had <laughs> I had a, a note about the uh, the blow drop that she tries to give him, the one witnessed by our, our little Heather. Um, yes, sweet little Heather. It must've been just the stickiest, mustiest, Attempt not at tasty. It's not good. It's salty. Mm-hmm. It's musty. It's oh mm. Mm, no. He's been jogging too, so the flavors. It's not. Listen, no. no. Have him no. Ha- have him rinse off. Yeah, just take Maddie. It. Have him rinse off real fast. Um, oh, there's also a scene that I love, um, <laughs> where basically Ted Danson and Oscar are starting to the 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 chips are starting to stack up, where it's becoming pretty clear that Kathleen Maddie is framing Ned. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of on his side. But what I love about the scene, they're basically trying to let him know what he's up against so he can try to figure yeah. shit out. They're Ted basically Danson, having an intervention with him. Yes, you're right. They're right. They're like, they all right, they should come to Jesus. They say no, yeah, they say they're murder intervention. We want to help you. We but my favorite help. thing is Ted Danson is just casually reading Playboy. Oh, everything that Ted does in every scene is so good. And makes you want to hang out with him so much because I think that he's sober. He only drinks double fist iced teas. He doesn't smoke. He dances randomly. That dance scene was sexy. I thought Ted Danson's pure dance scene was hot. Oh, he, Ted is, Ted is a very sexy man. Yeah. He's got it. He's really got it. And he, his dance scene is so good, and I think he choreographed that himself. And oh. God bless you for doing it. It's so good. I'm Sam Malone from Cheers, maybe, or I'm about to be. I'm not sure about oh, the he's timeline. About to be. Uh, so there is a scene in Cheers in which they are all sitting around the bar. Shocker. Shocker. Picture, picture this. Um, they're all sitting around the bar, and somebody met, like asked what I don't know if it was like the sweatiest or the hottest or whatever movie. Like, what's the what's the sweatiest or hottest movie or whatever? And someone says Body Heat, and the camera just goes to Ted Danson, and he smiles at a like he does a little smile, and then it goes back, and it's this little nod to like oh. the fact that uh, Ted had just. I think he was just cast. Uh, I think at this time he was just being cast or something like that. It was it was because it, it was not that much longer after that that Cheers came out. I love this. Yeah. I love this, and I love I him. Love Cheers so much. Um, there's this one particular scene in which um, he's upset with her. They're at they're standing in the foyer. She's wearing fantastic blue shorts. Um, oh, she looks great in those little blue she looks shorts. So so good. She, her legs look awesome. She's She's really she's rocking the 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 white blouse and short shorts. And she says to him, basically, if this relationship doesn't work out, um, I will kill myself. That's right. That's right. And I I just want just because that is actually such a common thing for people to say to someone, yeah. 
I yeah. hate how common it is. That yeah. is emotional manipulation. If anyone ever says that to anyone, if anyone ever threatens uh, suicide as a way to get you to stay, that is emotional ma- manipulation. Agreed. I mean, she's awful. manipulating him 24-7, and this is a, a yeah. classic bullshit move. Yes. So, and, and also in this scenario, she like in this movie, she doesn't mean it. Uh, she just, right. no. she, she, she needs him. So yes. she wants him to stick around for she a little bit longer. Him. She needs him for a little bit longer until she can blow him up to, <laughs> which spoiler alert, A, does not work. Nope. Um, nope. But she does try. She does try to blow him she up. She does try. Um, but Mickey and Rourke, that was, our that- good friend, Oh, Mickey Rourke is, sounds the alarm. Sounds but, the alarm. Sounds See, we knew he was too. a good guy. Well, he sounds the alarm too late. He explains to her how to make a bomb and rig it to a yep. door. When you open the door, it door. explodes. And then on he delay. tells him. And on delay. And then he says, man, you're going to need to watch your back. And I'm like, a little bit late, Mickey. <laughs> like, it just occurred to you that maybe this isn't on the up and up, Mickey. He's like, "Hey, I don't know." Like, she said she knew the whole story, and so I gave her the. Like she left he, the. He, she left his little workshop, and he went, "Oh no, I shouldn't uh, have told her." That. Nerds. I'll tell what you what, though. Nerd. William Hurt owes his life to Mickey Rourke. Hundred percent. Because otherwise, he, he would have gone in that boathouse. Yep. So he he got himself blowed up. He sees the tripwire. Because it's so obvious. He sees the tripwire and then basically she arrives, is surprised that he's still alive and that the boathouse has not blown up with him in it. Um, and then she walks out to the boathouse to, th- in theory, commit suicide, basically. She's like, I, I'm, I'll take one for the team. I'll go out. And, you know, since they both know that the other one knows there's a bomb out there and yep. the boathouse blows up. And because we are in a Southern noir movie, Clearly, she did not blow up with that. He no, has she did to not. figure that out. Which I felt, I will say this, I felt like this was a giant slight to the fantastic work of our favorite police officer. Because Poor Oscar, Oscar. Police, I, I, I really think that he would have figured it out on his own what was really happening, which was that she had killed her friend, the mm-hmm. one the lookalike, put her body in the boathouse. Yep. And she had years before swapped identities with that woman to yep. cover up her past. And so William Hurt is the one who figures it out and tells Oscar, who kind of doesn't believe him. And he needs to I go know. get he needs to go get the the uh he, which is yearbook. Funny. He has a yearbook sent to him in prison, which I'm like, that's interesting. It's not even opened. Like he opens like, the package. I'm like, oh, He's like, I'm a grown man that wants pictures of teenage girls from high school. Do you mind sending me yearbooks? How do we know there's not a file in that? There's no little like like nail file (laughs) hidden in the book. He's Florida police stations. Very lax. They're They're very very lax. lax. They're like, meh. So yeah, he gets gets the, the yearbook and finds a photo of her. And she is with the other woman's name, but she is sporting. That that hairstyle that we saw the earlier, swoop, the little, little swoop. Um, so that's how you know it's her, I guess. It's because the swoop, even though it's definitely her. It's just, Did you like though her quote, her senior year quote? Yeah. It was, "I want to yeah. be rich and live on an exotic island." 
Yeah. I was like, you, you basically said in your yearbook, I'm going to kill someone for some money. I'm going to kill someone for some money. <laughs> so, <laughs> but then you like, well, we had goals. And then we dissolve, of course, to that beautiful shot of her on the beach. Yep. Her on the beach. Like, it, and it's interesting because in the shot on the beach, she does not look happy. Yes. Um, I thought, did you think that? I thought that too. Oh, I yeah, was like, she know, got she, everything. She does not look happy. Um, I don't know. She looks as though it didn't make her the level of happy she thought that it would make her. And I think that she realized at the end that the money didn't do it. Money will not make you happy. Right. I think she did fall in love with him. That was the residue. Because those scenes started to really feel like she was imagining a way for them to be together, even though she knew that her shark-like personality would win out. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, wherever you go, there you are. Like you take yourself with exactly. you. Oh, the moral of this movie. There wherever you go. You go. So you this go, is where we are. announce that you and I are writing a sequel where <laughs> William Hurt gets out of jail. He serves his time. This isn't that big of a murder. And uh, comes to find her, not yeah. to kill her, but they but both you. realize they want to be together. Is it or was it or was it not sexy? It was very humid and incredible. I I th- I would call it sexy. Sexy. I agree. Sexy can include death and exploding people. That's what I've learned. It's it was sexy, and you can make a weird ass movie <laughs> that is also sexy. You can make an unhealthy <laughs> attachment <laughs> also be sexy. It is possible. It could be done. So all you young ladies just dating, we're saying date someone insane. No, wait. No, no we're just saying, hold on. I agree. The chemistry, yeah. the heat, the snappy dialogue, the the intimacy of like, it was a sexy, naughty, soupy, very foggy. Soupy. Very short, I loved short, it. very soup soupy, very mustachioed. Ted uh, Danson dancing. Ted dancing, dancing, sexy movie. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I loved, I loved this movie. Might be my favorite movie we've done. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks for joining us. I loved it. We got body heat. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> it's hot out there too. <laughs> also, there. Goodbye. Bye. What a ride. Thank you for deconstructing Body Heat with us. That was obviously amazing. If you like this podcast, please go and give us a review. It really would mean the world to us. If you did not like this podcast, you are free to never listen again and tell no one about it and just sit on your hands. We still love you, though. It's fine. (laughs) You can follow us for updates on Instagram at That's Not Sexy Pod or send us suggestions for movies you'd like us to cover at info at That's Not Sexy Pod. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Later, skater. That's what the cool kids are saying, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's very up to date. Very very cool kiddish. That's Not Sexy is brought to you by Morning Fog Entertainment, created by Alexis Mixter and produced by Alexis Mixter and AJ D'Agostino, edited by John Morrow with music from Disasternaut and extra inspiration from the Dag Morrow hounds, Bowie and Scully.
That's Not Sexy is brought to you by Morning Fog Entertainment, created by Alexis Mixter and produced by Alexis Mixter and AJ D'Agostino, edited by John Morrow, with music from Disastronaut, and extra inspiration from the Dagmaro Hounds, Bowie, and Scully. <laughs>